both our, our first reading, the second reading, and uh, the psalm, even in between, all speak of the great figure of Moses. And of course, the call of God to, to Moses to lead his people out of Egypt into the wilderness where they spent 40 years, that wilderness journey of the Israelites is much the, the backdrop of what we do during these 40 days of Lent. But notice in our, our first reading, it all begins with this incredible face-to-face -face encounter between Moses and God in the burning bush. Now, Moses, of course, had gone through a, a lot uh, in his days and was finally kind of settled. He had his life. He thought things were comfortable. He was living as a shepherd, taking care of his family. But then God breaks in, not with a kind of forceful nature, but rather an attractive thing. Moses sees this bush. And of course, to see a bush that looks like it might be on fire was probably not an uncommon occurrence in the wilderness where Moses was, but there's something about this. This, this encounter, this draw of Moses towards the burning bush is uh, so interesting that uh, myself, I'm a, I'm a graduate of the University of Kansas, and, and most people are familiar with the, the Jayhawk as the symbol of the university, but actually the official seal of the university that gets you know, stamped on all the letterheads that's on your diploma, as I, I had to point out to Father Mark last night, he did not realize this, I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention to the people about the, the seal of the University of Kansas and, you know, Moses. And Father Mark's like, what? Like, it's on your diploma, hanging on your wall. Really? And he went, look at it. The, the seal of the University of Kansas has Moses kneeling before the burning bush on it. Uh, because to some extent, uh, I guess, they thought that somehow Moses is looking for education. I don't know, knowledge. Um, KU used to be not so atheist and secular back in the day. A lot of universities were founded with theology faculties and things. But it says around the, the outside of the seal, the motto of the University of Kansas is actually not Rock Chalk Jayhawk. It is Videbo Visionum Hunk Magnum Quare Non Comparata Rubus. Literally, it translates from today's scripture passage, I will see this great vision why the bush is not burned. This desire to know more, to go out of the comfort zone, to see what is that? What is that? I want to find out. Well, that's, that's not only the backdrop, I suppose, of education at a university, but it is the ultimate backdrop for an encounter with God. Something that says, I, I'm going to go see what that's about. What is God doing? And Moses comes face to face with God. Ultimately, then, this leads him out into the wilderness, out of the comfort zone. And that's really a bit what we do during this Lent. And a couple weeks ago, I was telling you about an upcoming plan I had. So a, a week ago, I, I kind of created my own little wilderness journey, if you will. I, I decided for, for spring break from Benedictine College, where I'm teaching, that I would hike 70 miles of the Appalachian Trail through Great Smoky Mountain National Park in North Carolina in Tennessee. It was, I've done backpacking before with the Boy Scouts and things, but this was bigger. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of push myself a little bit, do something I hadn't done before. 
And uh, I thought, okay, uh, this will be nice. I've been to the Smoky Mountains before. They're beautiful. I like backpacking. 70 miles, seven days seems to be about what people do it in. So this should be good. And so I embarked upon my little wilderness journey. Now, I knew day one would probably be the hardest day because you start at about 1,000 feet and I would have to climb up about 5,000 feet over the course of the day with seven days of food on my back and all my water and, and everything. And so I knew day one was gonna be hard and it was, but it ended up being way harder than I thought because uh, this whole trip, was, I, I started in 70 degrees and it was gonna end maybe with seven degrees. And so I had to carry a bunch of extra clothes and I, I basically, I overpacked. I had like 50 pounds on my back climbing up these mountains and then it started to rain. And I'm like, okay, I can do rain. It rains at Philmont in New Mexico. Yeah, but, but then it rains and it stops and it's like really dry and things dry. That did not happen in the Smoky Mountains. They, they get their name because of all the, the kind of fog and wetness. I got the full Smoky Mountain experience. I took lots of pictures and most of them were like, hey, look at the cloud I'm in. See, it's raining, I'm in a cloud. Uh, but I kept going and even though I was drenched and the whole trail turned into not the Appalachian Trail, but the Appalachian Stream. And literally there was water just flowing like a stream down the trail. And I finally got up to the point where I was gonna go down to where I was gonna camp. And I thought down would be better. Down was not better. Down was, well, different muscles that were brand new and now getting tired. And every time I stepped, I thought my, my feet were gonna slide out from under me from all the mud. And I landed on my back several times as the whole trail just disappeared in water. And I, I'm used to, with the Boy Scouts, you know, we get up early, we hike and we get in, you know, three in the afternoon and you set up camp and you, you chill out, you relax. Not in the Smoky Mountains. I got in at like seven o'clock as it was getting dark. And thank goodness the group in front of me made it to the camp and had a fire going. And I just, I made dinner, I tried to dry out my stuff and then just went to sleep. And I got up the next day and I thought, well, at least the hardest day is out of the way. Less elevation gain today. Problem is what I found out is, unlike the nice Rocky Mountains where I normally hike, where there are switchbacks and gentle kind of climbs, the, uh, the people who made the Appalachian Trail decided that the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line and really didn't care much if you go up 200 feet, to go down 300, to go back up 500, and just do that over and over. So I, when, I, when I got back, I actually put it into the, the internet because someone had created a little calculator for the Appalachian Trail. I actually, over the course of my, my hike, went up 14,000 feet. I actually climbed a 14,000 foot mountain um, and descended 10,000 feet. And like I said, down was no easier than up. And it didn't take me very long before I started questioning, why am I doing this? This is vacation. But no, I, I realized that, no, I, I wanna do this to, I wanted to stretch myself. It ended up being more than I, I thought. Uh, but the whole point was to kind of stretch myself. And one of the things I, I found out is that if, if you're gonna go straight uphill a lot, I, I needed to figure out a technique to, to be able to keep going. And so my thought was, I would look ahead up the trail, up the trail, 
and find like a tree, like 20 yards up. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna make it to that tree. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I make it to the tree and I stop, huffing and puffing, take a drink of water, rest, repeat. Well, when I, I met other people on the trail though, they said, no, 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 that'll never work. What you've got to do is find a pace that you can go at, no matter how slow, where you can just keep going. I'm like, all right. And he said, oh, and by the way, don't look up because you look up and you just see that the trail goes on forever. So this is a little bit the opposite of what I tell the Boy Scouts, because when we're at Philmont, I say, hey, don't just look at the ground, look around, there's lots of cool scenery, don't miss it. Yeah, that was not gonna work for me. I literally, the technique I developed was that I was, I was not gonna look up because it was depressing, um, and I'm just gonna look at my feet as I put one foot in front of the other, and maybe I'm only going two feet forward with each step, uh, but if I just look at my feet, it doesn't look so steep, and I'm just gonna keep going. And the thing that really ultimately nailed it for me, that got my, my hill climbing technique down, was a chant. Now, I love chant, you know that, and a special, a special chant came to me to help keep me going. And it wasn't actually Thomas Aquinas or, or Palestrina, it was, it was Dory, the, the little fish from Finding Nemo, because the, the, the sacred chant that got me up the hill was, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, 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 and I would claw my way up the hill, say, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, and I did it, and eventually I would, I would get up, I was, I was there, and I'd look back down, I'm like, woo, hey, look at that, and I could look down and see, oh my gosh, I was down there, and little by little, one step, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, and I did it, and I, I can look back now and say, wow, I, I, I really did something, but it Part of the reason why I think we do these things is because it teaches good, good life lessons. I know that if I can do that, well, then all the other things I encounter in life, maybe I can get through those too. And that, that's part of why we do this during Lent. We go out, we, we stretch ourselves, we give up things uh, to say like, yeah, I, I can do more maybe than I thought. I mentioned that my, my plan was to do the 70 miles through the Great Smoky Mountains over seven days. One of the things that happened in addition to the Appalachian stream of a trail, is that when we got some cell service about three days in, I, the, the little snowstorm that I knew was possibly gonna come on my last day and bring about a half an inch, maybe an inch of snow, turns out was gonna come earlier and was gonna be over a foot of snow and was going to be temperatures in the single digits with wind chills below zero. And basically the park service was saying, if you can get out, just get out. Um, problem is, there's like only one road through the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains where you can bail out on. And I was 18 miles away from that road with the tallest mountain in Tennessee in my way that I had to go over to, to get to that road. And you talk about motivation, uh, all of a sudden it went from, yeah, I might have to change my itinerary to, okay, I've got to get 18 miles in a day and a half or I might freeze to death. So there's some motivation. Um, but there were other great people on the trail with me and they had, you know, little satellite communicators with weather updates. And so I kind of made my plan. And on my last day, I, I literally did climb the, the tallest mountain in, in Tennessee, the highest peak on the entire Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. I, I made it to the, the top of that. 
And, and then I, I ran downhill as fast as I could to get the heck out because snow was coming. I literally had about four hours before they were gonna close the road and I would get stuck there maybe for days. Um, but I made it. And yeah, there were 20 something people, you know, like racing by me as I'm like struggling. I'm like 45 with my 50 pounds on my back. But when I got done, I was very proud. I was also sitting in a hot tub in Knoxville watching the Jayhawks on my iPhone. And that, that made it much easier uh, instead of being in the snow. But now that I'm, I'm back, I, I guess we refer to this kind of adventure as type two fun. Uh, it was not fun while I was there at all. It was painful. It was very, very difficult. But just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I did and I did and I did. And pretty soon I was at 6,600 feet looking down over 5,000 feet to where I started and knowing I had done something that a lot of people can't do. And the other people on the trail at that point told me, well, you know, that section through the Appalachian Trail you just hiked, most of us think that's probably the hardest part of the entire 2,000 miles. I'm like, information that would have been helpful previously. And I, I somewhat, I somewhat blame our parish secretary, Abby, a little bit for this. Abby is amazing, uh, but she and her friend, Tori, hiked this two years ago. And when I was playing spring break, I said, hey, I think I might do that Smoky Mountain thing you did. You would think Abby would have said, ooh, that's the hardest part of the entire Appalachian Trail. Are you sure you can do that? No, Abby was like, oh yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs> Abby and I need to have words. Um, no, it was. It ended up beautifully. And uh, my parents were very worried because they're watching the reports of all the snow. Uh, I posted to Facebook last night that there was a group a day behind me that did actually get stuck in the snow. And they were there for two days in waist deep snow. And uh, she blogged about it and posted it on the internet. So I, I posted it to Facebook. But I guess the, the, the thing that had I not done this, because every I got back and everyone's like, whoa, so that was not good. I'm like, no, no, it, it, it was good. It was not good why I was doing it, but now that I'm back and I did it, well, if I did that, what else can I do that maybe I didn't think I could do? And what technique do I need? Well, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, one little step. That's what we do during Lent. We were attracted by God like Moses was to say, all right, I'm comfortable, I can, I can, I can do what I'm doing, but is there something else? Is there more? Does God want to stretch us to be more than we can, to do more than we've done, to be bigger and holier and better than we ever were? Yeah, God wants that. And it starts with, all right, I'll check out this thing over there. What is that, what is that bush? What, what, okay, what's that thing? Maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. And yeah, maybe you get in and it's more than you thought you could handle. But maybe you get through that. And then you realize, if I can get through that, maybe I can get through something else. Maybe I can do more than I thought I could. That's the, the ultimate lesson I suppose I learned in the Smoky Mountains. Um, and also to know that you don't do it alone. I hiked alone a lot, but each night I was with other people who were hiking the 2,000 miles all the way to Maine, a lot of them. It's a beautiful community of this journey we're on together. So just keep swimming, uh, whatever you're in, and don't be afraid to shake it up. Try something new. You'll, you'll meet some great people along the way, like I did. And ultimately, like Moses, if you're willing to go out, stretch yourself, try something new, you, you won't just 
find yourself and that you can do more than you thought, ultimately, you'll, you'll find what Moses found. You'll find God. I pray that you will find God this Lent in whatever journey God is calling you to take.